This is Deep Dive, WFHB and Limestone Post Investigate, where we look into issues regarding health, housing, and the environment that directly impact residents of Monroe County. We are looking into trees in Monroe County, what trees we have, what benefits they provide, and which trees to root for and which to root out. This week, we spoke with Bloomington urban forester Haskell Smith about the city's urban forest. Smith works for the Parks and Recreation Department for the city of Bloomington. He is responsible for all of the planting, maintaining, and caring for the trees and responding to permit requests submitted to cut down trees. Smith is the official voice on whether or not the tree should be cut down. So anything that happens within city right away with uh, tree work, there's a few exceptions, but you need to submit a tree work permit, mostly for tracking purposes or to uh, stop something that doesn't need to happen. My main goal in urban forestry is tree preservation. Um, it's getting harder and harder to plant trees, and it's harder and harder to get trees to their maturity. We should look to preserve what mature trees we have, and with development around, it's development is not always tree-friendly. They get a lot of trees planted, but that's it. There's no aftercare for 15 years to make sure they're reaching that maturity where they start doing the good that they need to do. I mean, we hit a drought and a two-year-old tree that doesn't get water is probably toast. It's a whole different, the soil's not as good, urban soils are full of um, not very good substances. Gravel, clay, um, just, I found coal, just all kind of glass, everything else. I mean, it definitely doesn't have that forest loam that normal trees do well in. Smith described what makes Bloomington trees unique compared to other cities. We got it for 39 this year. We're actually Tree City of the World for three years in a row now. Uh, it's a fairly new program, but we're one of three cities in Indiana and one of 39 in the country for Tree Cities of the World. He said he has an affinity for the Yellowwood as his favorite local tree. Uh, my favorite's probably the Yellowwood. Um, it's just got some pretty flowers similar to Black Locust, kind of some drooping white flowers, nonchalant. We planted a couple in front of uh, City Hall last year. There's a couple larger ones in Bryan Park, but uh, they're kind of a localized native. They don't make a huge mess. I only get about 40 feet tall, kind of an ideal street tree. So I've always had an affinity for them. Smith shared that the oak tree is a keystone species, meaning that it is so integral to the ecosystem that if it goes extinct, other species in the ecosystem will struggle to survive as well. I like oak trees. They're a keystone species for wildlife, birds, moths, etc., etc. And then uh, hickories are great trees as well. I mean, oaks are going to be devastating loss if we lose our oaks. And there's a few things, you know, oak wilt and sudden oak death and... Uh, the spongy moth, a few pests and issues out there that worry us, but we have to, you know, hope that uh, and kind of pretend that our oaks are going to survive. And so we keep planting them, and you know, there's that succession. But oaks are hugely important 
um, I believe as Charles Dean called them, probably the most important keystone species. And then uh, black cherries are probably my number two for birds and other wildlife. Not so much livestock, but uh, yeah, their fruit, fruit it is uh, hugely important. He also shared that hickory and black cherry trees are important and listed some species that are important to owls and bats. Anything with hollows or flaky bark, uh, they'll use kind of during their breeding season. Um, sycamores, hickories, certain oaks, uh, certain maples, uh, several other species. Those are the big ones that stand out in my mind. Locusts. Smith shared that the city buys their trees from Valonia and other tree nurseries in the region. So Valonia State Nursery is where we get a lot of our seedlings from. Now my tree stock, we plant two inch trees on the city streets. Those will come from many different number of vendors. Um, some from Northern Indiana, some from Northwest Indiana, ones out of Kentucky. It's all about availability and what kind of cultivars I can find that uh, I'm particularly interested in planting. Smith explained that Volonia is a DNR-run tree nursery. It's one of two DNR state nurseries, and they, uh, they'll actually buy seeds from people for a penny a piece or something like that. And they've just got these huge fields that they go out and plant them, and a year or two they'll cultivate them, and you can buy them for you know, pennies on the dollar for seedlings, but you have to order about 100 of them at a time or more. Um, I don't think they did it this year, but the veg crews or the Gerben Greens Grace crew has planted uh, five to 6,000 seedlings a year. One thing Smith explained that residents might not realize is that tree roots are not as deep as most people think. Instead, they spread horizontally, spreading out rather than down. I would say probably 80 to 85 percent of tree roots are within the top 24 inches of the soil. Now, they will have some sinker roots and different different species will have a tap root later into its maturity. But generally, by the time they're big, nice trees, there's the tap roots gone. There's some sinker roots that help with stability. But, yeah, top 24, maybe 30 inches of soil. Smith speculated the eldest tree in the area at about 250 years old. He explained that it's hard to find trees that are thousands of years old in Indiana as a result of widespread clear-cutting in the 19th century. Before European colonists, a squirrel can travel from Ohio to Illinois without ever touching the ground due to the density of forests. Unfortunately, in Indiana, I mean, you don't see a whole lot of two or three hundred years old trees because in the late 1800s, uh, we kind of came in and clear-cut everything, unfortunately. Bloomington was spared to some extent. But it could look a lot different. We've got a few um, older trees around, but nothing like we could potentially have had we not came in and clear cut. There's a white oak on private property. I won't say where it's at, but I think it's pushing probably 200. Um, there's the Kyle Oak up in Indy. It's an old bur oak. It's got to be close to 300. They're sporadic. They're out there, but they're pretty rare. There's a bur oak at a graveyard on State Road 44. It was probably pushing 250, something like that. Yeah, you don't see the 5,000-year-old cedars or anything like that around here. Uh, you're good to see 75 to 100-year-old trees. He walked through some of the benefits that trees provide to humans, from cutting down on utility bills to mental health and well-being. 
I mean, it, it's an ongoing list. I have a few notes here, but uh, I mean, the biggest ones, you know, carbon sequestration, stormwater um, savings, energy consumption, shade on your house. You don't have to run your AC. Winter, when the leaves fall off, the sun can hit your house. So, you know, maybe you don't have to run the heat as much. So there's a lot of kilowatts saved that way. And then even just, uh, you know, how you feel about stuff, your mental health. Uh, there's countless studies out there about mental health. And then even as far as asthma, people in neighborhoods with trees that uh, younger kids are introduced to can have as much as like a 6 or 7% less chance of having, developing asthma symptoms just by being around trees. And then, the, you know, they act as a filter for our air and the pollutants. Um, I got a lot of numbers. And these all come from the tree trunk formula. So that's a big old thing. And a lot of this was calculated during our uh, tree keeper survey in 2019. And that can be found, tree keeper, Bloomington, that card I gave you. Anybody can see this information. But we get about a million dollars in benefits every single year for our inventory trees. We have about just a hair over 20,000 inventoried for the city of Bloomington. Um, 2 million pounds of CO2 sequestered every year, um, 3.5 million gallons of water saved every year, 16,000 pounds of pollutants are filtered, and almost a million kilowatts are saved of energy. And, uh, you know, that's only what we have inventoried. So as a whole, as uh, just as what the city might own between Griffey and Leonard Springs and our unimproved right-of-ways and all our natural areas, I, I think the number is closer to probably 100K. And so all of that information I said times five is probably more the reality of what we're getting. He also added that trees have an economic value to the city and said that trees are an investment that increase in value over time. I go to conferences and have been for many years. And uh, several years ago, I was at one. Um, and I can't remember the speaker, can't remember what the talk was about, but trees are the only piece of infrastructure that the city invests in that gains value as it ages. As soon as you pave a road, it starts going down, you know, infrastructure. As soon as you put a light in, it starts its burnout cycle. Trees are the only ones that give you more value as it ages. So we should definitely be trying to preserve them. So that, you know, and that one's always stuck with me and how important tree preservation is for a city. According to the 2019 Urban Tree Canopy Report conducted by the Davey Resource Group for the city of Bloomington, trees provide an estimated annual economic value of $1.9 million to Bloomington. According to the report, the city's trees sequester 28,000 tons of carbon, removed 470,000 pounds of air pollutants, and manage 90.6 million gallons of stormwater runoff each year. The 2019 Urban Tree Canopy Report also documented the current tree canopy coverage. The report found that the tree canopy in 2019 covered 38% of the ground in Bloomington. The report says our attainable tree canopy, or where there could be tree coverage, is 61%, meaning that 39% cannot have a tree canopy due to large buildings and cement areas like parking lots and roads. However, the remaining area that could have a tree canopy if trees were planted is 23%, which is spread across both public 
and private land. The report noted that most of the decrease in canopy cover over the last decade has occurred on private land. We asked Smith if they could plant fruit trees that a resident could pick while walking to work or school. Smith said it is not currently within the city's capacity, but he did highlight that they partner with the Bloomington Community Orchard. Yeah, I think it, it could serve its place, but you're never going to replace the, the larger shade trees just due to that carbon sequestration and uh, pollutant filtering, getting the shade around when it needs to be there and when it not, in the, you know, in the winter. Uh, a lot of fruit trees don't grow to be big or tall, and uh, a lot of fruit root's pretty weak, so it's not exactly storm resilient. Mm. Um, fruit wood also has a million pests. Um, fruit trees, fruit wood, however. Uh, cedar apple rust, I mean, people have to spray for that two or three times a year, generally. And then that's just more... I mean, it's a great idea, I think, and I think if you could find a way to do it in the right place but it would just be way too much for a city to undertake like, I need to be able to plant a tree and water it that first couple years and then forget about it basically hopefully you know it lives obviously keep an eye on it but and then come back in three to five give it a prune and just kind of let it do its thing and definitely I barely have enough resources to keep up with what we got um, let alone fruit trees which are much more intensive you know takes pruning every year you gotta spray for bugs and fungus and then if it gets black knot you're starting all over mm -hmm. so i i think it could serve a purpose in places i mean we have the community orchard who mm -hmm. urban forestry is also a partner with uh hopefully we'll do another pruning workshop later this year but uh yeah, I think little places like that, but necessarily walking down the street, picking apricots and pears, I think that's kind of a little far-fetched for what we want to do as you know, urban forestry. Smith highlighted a way residents can look up the tree types that have been cataloged and explained some resources that are available through the parks office if residents have any questions about trees within the city. The city had an inventory back in 2019 through Davy Resource Group, and we got this excellent software called Tree or Tree Keeper. And uh, if you're walking down the street and you see a tree you can't identify, or you're curious, and you want to plant one in your yard, you can go to um, oh, this, our city website about trees. Yeah, Bloomington.in.gov/treecare, and uh, on there you'll find a link to our public tree inventory and you can search by address and find that tree and you'll have the knowledge or you can reach out to me um, I believe my information's on that website as well um, you can always call the parks office any questions about trees tree work permits etc etc um, I'm here to serve the public If you are listening and you have any questions about trees you would like answered, or maybe you have a few trees in your life that you want to share with others in the community, you can email us at deepdive at wfhb.org, or you can leave us a voicemail at 802-552-3483. 
This voice mailbox is new for us and we are pretty excited about it. If you leave us a message about a tree, we would love to share it on a future episode of Deep Dive. Tune in next week to dive deeper and learn more about our local trees.